oral questions by members. Leader of the Official Opposition. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, the shocking stabbing and senseless death of young Ethan on a bus in Surrey this week has increasingly left people fearing for their safety and that of their loved ones. We have all heard the heart-wrenching words of Ethan's mother, Holly, who tracked her son's final movements through GPS, waiting to pick him up at the bus stop only to watch as he suddenly was being moved to the hospital. Ethan's last text to her was full of fear. As a father and as parents, we all share the heartache and the outrage that no parent should ever have to endure such a devastating loss. Ethan's family, like so many others, is calling for change, increase in security on public transit and in our own communities. And the question Ethan's family is asking, the question British Columbians are asking, the question this opposition has repeatedly, repeatedly been asking, when is this Premier and government finally going to take some concrete steps so people can feel safe in their communities again? Honourable Premier, British Columbia. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. And, uh, you know, I think all British Columbians uh, were absolutely heartbroken uh, to see uh, the grief uh, Ethan's family is going through. And as the member said, rightly, those of us uh, in this place who have young people in our lives who are close to us, uh, to imagine ourselves in the position of Ethan's mom, absolutely horrific. Um, our government takes this incredibly seriously. Uh, we've been working on public transit safety with TransLink. Uh, even in advance of these recent horrific incidents, uh, community safety officers, TransLink is already in the midst of hiring them. Uh, they're bringing out 24 community safety officers to increase security on our transit system. Uh, the RCMP and transit police are stepping up their presence and patrols in the transit system, very important. And uh, we've told them that if they need any additional resources, they should absolutely ask, and we'll make those available. At the national level, uh, Minister Farmworth has reached out to his counterpart, uh, pardon me, the Minister for Public Safety has reached out to his counterpart, Minister Mendicino, uh, who, uh, to make sure that uh, we're part of any federal response that they're preparing. Uh, and I could advise members of this House uh, that Premiers across Canada are uh, working with the Chiefs of Police nationally uh, to tighten our relationships so we can find those common elements of those issues we're seeing in our provinces with the Chiefs of Police and put forward unified recommendations. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. Leader of the Official Opposition. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, Mr. Speaker, um, I remind the Premier that he was also the Attorney General for over five years and oversaw the explosion of violence that we're seeing in communities across the province. Just in the past two weeks alone, we have seen a man stabbed on a SkyTrain at Surrey Central Station a serious assault on a TransLink bus in Vancouver, a violent, bloody brawl on a West Vancouver Blue bus, a stabbing at the Columbia SkyTrain station, assaults on the Millennium Line in Burnaby, and a man whose throat was slashed on a bus in Surrey. Enough is enough. People are tired of the rhetoric and the re-announcements and want concrete action that actually produces improved results. So my question is, what is it going to take for this Premier and government to actually take meaningful steps so that families and loved ones can feel safe in their own communities again? Premier. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. Well, here's, here's where I'm on the same page with the member across the way. These are people who are just going about their daily business 
in their communities. They're going to visit friends, they're using transit, they're going to work. These her horrific and unacceptable violent incidents that are shaking people in community. And uh, our government's taking action on this, Honorable Speaker, because people deserve to be safe on transit. They need to be safe on transit and in community. Now, I ran through uh, the pieces of work that we've been doing at the immediate local level, at the provincial level, the national level. I know the member is aware of these things. Our government will not stand by. We will continue to take action with all of our partners uh, to ensure safety for people in community. Leader of the Official Opposition, further supplemental. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, with the greatest respect, Premier, the answer is woefully inadequate. Through the chair. Let's understand how we got to the position we're in. For five and a half years as Attorney General, this Attorney General left hundreds and hundreds of vacant policing positions vacant right across the province of British Columbia. In fact, over one half of the 813 vacant RCMP positions in the country are right here in British Columbia. As Attorney General, you denied, or sorry, as Attorney General for months denied that there was even a problem until finally under pressure from this opposition and the public announced that he was going to have two consultants spend half a year to come back and tell him how to do his job. And the result was no surprise. They said that the catch and release program is failing communities right across the province. And when you add to that, as Minister of Housing, the program that warehoused those with severe mental health and addiction issues in motels and hotels in the downtown cores right across this province, without proper supports, it's no surprise that we've ended up where we are today. Now, having served as Attorney General from day one of this government, the Premier has personally overseen this problem for six years now, and the results are terrible. And the question we ask as an opposition on behalf of the public is when will we finally get concrete results that improve the safety in our streets so that people can feel safe again in British Columbia? Premier. Thanks, Honourable Speaker. One of the key priorities of our government is ensuring that every British Columbian is safe in their community, whether that's going to work, whether it's on transit, or it's in a local park in a downtown area. It's been the focus of our government, and the member knows, I know he's aware, uh, that we've taken action on this. Uh, Twelve teams across the province starting work beginning of next month, teams of prosecutors, probation officers, correction officers, to address the issues of repeat violent offenders, repeat chronic offenders in community. Uh, $230 million for additional RCMP officers across the province, uh, including for specialized teams funding for the RCMP lab. Uh, the, uh, the work, though, also recognizes that there's a serious issue of mental health and addiction that underlies a lot of what we're seeing in communities. Uh, peer assisted car programs, where a mental health professional is present with a police officer, uh, new funding to expand that program across the province. Peer teams to intervene in situations where it's more appropriate that someone with experience around mental health is responding instead of a police officer, freeing up police to respond to criminal issues. Honourable Speaker, a billion dollars in mental health and addiction treatment interventions across the province. Now, I, I take the member's point. We have a lot more work to do, but uh, Honourable Speaker, we are doing that work. Member for Surrey White Rock. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. <clears throat> and I remind the Premier that the announcement in Nanaimo was actually the third time that they have announced that. 
three times. For the last year, the government has ignored explicit demands for enhanced safety measures on public transit. The Surrey Board of Trade pleaded for increased safety measures for women. That was done last year. For months, the Bus Drivers Union has demanded greater security. Unifor Director Gavin McGarrickle said he talked directly to the Transportation Minister. And there is, in his quote, a lawless environment. He labeled those actions infuriating. When will the Premier, if he's not going to listen to the thousands of British Columbians, will he listen to Unifor and do more than just empty words and repeat announcements and actually do something, do something to solve the chaos that his soft on crime policies have caused? Minister of Public Safety. Thank you, uh, uh, Honourable Speaker, and I thank the member for the question. And I want to make it clear to, uh, to the member uh, that uh, the side of the House takes this issue extremely seriously. That's why my Director of Police Services has been working very closely with not only Transit Police, but the RCMP and the other municipal police agencies which our transit systems run through to ensure that they are doing everything they can and in, in, in identifying any potential gaps that need to be filled and have made it clear as the Premier just did a moment ago, that any additional resources required uh, will be in place. Uh, I can tell you that that also involves working with the, uh, the local unions involved in terms of uh, identifying what additional measures. But I also want to make it uh, clear to the member there are significant uh, safety measures in place on our transit systems, uh, whether they range from the, um, the, the yellow alarm strip uh, on, that can be triggered by passengers who are experiencing problems, uh, there are emergency phones at all SkyTrain stations. Uh, all bus drivers have a silent alarm that they can use to alert law enforcement that there is an issue in place. And uh, nearly all buses have closed circuit TV cameras on them to be able to put in place and identify uh, if, uh, individuals if there is an issue taking place. That being said, we're always wanting to see if there are additional ways in which we can make our transit system, which move, moves about 400,000 people daily, safer. Uh, and we are working with police, uh, transit unions, uh, to do just that. Member for Surrey, White Rock. Thank you, uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I, I thank the uh, the minister for his for his answer. But people have been identifying those gaps for over a year now. They have been. They've been stating them publicly to this minister, to the minister of transportation. I'm sure to the premier directly. The crisis of violence on transit has exploded under this Premier's watch, whether he was Attorney General or now Premier. Unifor Local 111 President Balbir Mann warned last November, last November, that escalating violence and assaults on drivers is increasing. And I quote, it's happening almost once a week. One is too many, we can't just let this keep happening, end quote. But under this NDP government, it does keep happening. And it's getting worse. It's not getting better. We see that every day in every community in this province. How much longer will this Premier ignore the, ignore the concerns of uniform bus drivers who are saying that taking the bus is not safe in this province? Minister of Public Safety. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker. And again, I thank the member for the question. Um, I'll also inform the, uh, the member that I spoke with uh, Minister Mendicino yesterday 
uh, on the issue of violence uh, and around uh, the challenges uh, that uh, our transit systems are facing in this regard. Uh, and uh, as, he, as he commented to me, this is something that's happening right across the country on transit systems, whether it's uh, our Vancouver transit system, whether it's Edmonton, whether it's Calgary, whether it's Toronto. This is something happening right across the country. He wants to work with us on additional ways in which we can deal with the situation. As I said to the member, uh, we are working closely, my director of police services is working closely uh, with the, uh, the police agencies, the RCMP, municipal police forces on doing that. That also includes the, uh, the unions involved. Uh, my expectation is to see a significant uh, increased uh, police presence around uh, our transit system. Um, the Premier has made it clear uh, in uh, answer to earlier questions uh, that if additional resources are required, those resources uh, will, be, will be in place. Uh, everybody deserves to feel safe in our transit system. Uh, 400,000 people a day use that system. Um, it's one of the best in the country, and we want it to be the safest in the country. Member for Saanich North and the Islands. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Speaker. This uh, government promised uh, to protect old growth forests and meaningfully engage with First Nations. They promised a paradigm shift in how our forests are managed. They promised to defer at-risk old growth. Despite these promises, stands of old-growth forests are currently being logged in Kwakutl territory. Culturally significant and biologically rich old-growth stands are being clear-cut against the community's wishes. In a letter they wrote to, uh, to the Minister of Forests it says, at the heart of the matter is the simple fact that no consultation or basic information sharing has ever occurred with our Kwakutl membership, our hereditary chiefs, or the matriarchs of our tribe. This deal was negotiated and concluded in secret without the free, prior and informed consent of the true stewards of our lands and territory. Thus, the laws of British Columbia and the laws of the Kwakutl Nation have been violated. Some of the recent cut blocks are within the at-risk old growth prioritized for the deferral by this government. My question is to the Minister of Forests. Kwakutl leaders have unequivocally called for deferrals of all old growth logging within their territory. It's been adopted by policy and enshrined by their land use plan. Why then did this government approve old growth logging in their territory? Minister of Forests. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Speaker. The, uh, the issue that has arisen in this territory is that the elected nation has received a tenure of uh, 53,000 uh, cubic meters a year, and they ha have the, uh, the uh, permission and the right to, to log that. There is a dispute internally between that elected group and the hereditary leadership of this nation, uh, which is uh, being resolved uh, I, I, through internal discussion. Um, our policy on old growth is, uh, is, is one that uh, is province-wide. We have uh, deferred 2.1 million hectares of uh, of uh, old growth, uh, and we're aiming to add more to that. The, the, the effect and the implications of that uh, kind of change are massive, and we are working our way through the uh, complications that arise from the implementation of this policy. But generally, the policy has been well received by forest companies, by First Nations, uh, by communities, and by uh, NGOs. Member for Sandwich North and the Islands. It appears, uh, Mr. Speaker, that uh, the type of reconciliation that this government is embracing, specifically in this case, is reconciliation with those who agree with them. 
uh, Mr. Speaker. Uh, of course, the forest industry is going to be happy that while the internal disputes within the Kwagyul Nation are being resolved, that the old growth that should be deferred is being locked. That's the kind of reconciliation that's being delivered on the other side of the House, uh, Mr. Speaker. The hereditary chiefs, matriarchs, and community members have been calling on this government to halt the logging of old growth. They're asking the Minister of Forest to share the forestry deal with the Kwakutl membership that they haven't been able to see the group that the Minister is partnering with. Thank you. The hereditary chiefs and the matriarchs haven't had a chance to review this content and assess its ramifications. That's what they've been asking for, Mr. Speaker. This minister seems to be okay with just allowing the, uh, the anger and the frustration within the community to foment while the old growth continues to fall in their territory. In their letter, they note, Mr. Speaker, that they're prepared to go into their territory and protect it if necessary. But that's really the job of this forest minister to do that. They shouldn't have to do that, Mr. Speaker. So through you to the Minister of Forests, will the minister suspend all activity on the ground in the Kwakutl territory, including the cutting and road building, and, and share the agreement as the community has, respected, has requested? Minister of Forests. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. Uh, one of the uh, ways in which this policy is being implemented is through uh, forest uh, landscape planning. Uh, that is uh, uh, in contrast to the previous uh, arrangement where a, a logging plan was simply presented to the ministry and approved or not approved. This process will involve uh, communities, uh, whether it's uh, Indigenous nations, their, the community, uh, the companies, uh, uh, labor and their representatives uh, in a, in a community-focused regional process to come to a durable agreement about how uh, any particular part of our forest uh, should be harvested. So uh, that's the process that we are advancing uh, in a number of jurisdictions throughout the province. Uh, it's been successful, it's been well received, and uh, I'm expecting that uh, within this region, uh, similar results will follow. Member for Surrey South. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Under this soft-on-crime premier social disorder and violence has never been worse, and people don't even feel safe getting on a bus anymore. Recently, someone took a five-foot-long metal fence post and shattered a bus window, narrowly missing the bus driver. The premier's catch-and-release and, and soft-on-crime policies, they go way beyond the justice system. Every day we witness the consequences of this two-term government's abject failure to address mental health and addictions and the absence of frontline interventions and massive gaps in care. My question through you, Mr. Speaker, to the Premier is why aren't there mental health teams working alongside transit police during this crisis? Minister of Mental Health and Addictions. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. and I, I thank the member uh, for the question and also uh, you know, wish to express my uh, my sympathy to uh, the family of the the, the young man who uh, who was who was killed, and to those who are experiencing um, the, the the challenges with respect to that uh, uh, currently. We um, have uh, we are working with uh, with partners, with our health authorities, uh, with uh, all of our uh, partners on the on the front lines with respect to improving access to mental health and addictions care in 
across across our, our across all of our communities. We know that um, the investments that we have made uh, over the past uh, number of years, since 2017, since this ministry was stood up, um, have shifted uh, the access to treatment, to community counseling, to um, to hospital to hospital services, to bed-based services in community. And there is no question that uh, there is more work to be done. That work is work that we're engaged in with uh, with all of our with all of our partners, including looking at supports um, across uh, uh, sectors and workplaces where uh, folks are experiencing um, mental health uh, mental health issues. We'll we'll continue to do that very important work. And I thank the member for raising the concern. Member of Surrey South. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The out-of-control crime, violence, and lawlessness that we see every day are the direct consequences of this Premier's disastrous soft-on-crime policies for six years. The Police Act review was completed a year ago with critical recommendations on mental health and interactions with police. But this Premier has utterly failed to take action on any of those recommendations. As the opposition, we have proposed solutions and even introduced a private member's bill to amend the Mental Health Act to give us more tools to help those in crisis. But the Premier refuses to call it for debate. When will the Premier finally admit the total failure of a soft-on-crime policies and start implementing our solutions? Minister of Public Safety. Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker, and I appreciate the, uh, the question uh, from the member. Um, I want to make a, a couple of observations. First off, when it comes to public safety in our transit system, our, uh, there are 184 uh, transit uh, police officers. Uh, there are uh, RCMP detachments, municipal detachments, who work extremely hard to ensure safety uh, on our transit system. Uh, they work extremely diligently whenever an event or whenever uh, a tragedy occurs, whenever something occurs, uh, to bring that perpetrator to justice. Um, I note that uh, at 2 o'clock, the, uh, the RCMP held a press conference uh, and announced uh, an arrest uh, in the case of the, uh, the tragic murder um, that took place um, on our transit system of, uh, of, uh, of young Ethan in Surrey. Uh, I can also tell uh, the member that uh, we have done a significant amount of work in terms of uh, additional resources uh, for police, uh, in terms of dealing with the challenges uh, that she has outlined, uh, expanding the CAR program, for example, uh, peer-assisted care teams, which have mental health workers uh, that are going to assist uh, police in, in, in doing their job. At the same time, we will be, uh, we're seeing coming online a, a, an app, which uh, police have asked for, uh, I Am Health, um, which allows them to get information to a hospital um, a lot faster than in previously so that they're not having to spend time in hospitals with an individual uh, waiting for that individual to be assessed and appropriate uh, treatment uh, to be uh, made available and often you would see police uh, waiting four, five, six, eight hours sometimes when that happened. Uh, that, has been, uh, that has been implemented. Um, we have uh, uh, made uh, changes at the uh, uh, requested changes at the federal level in terms of the criminal code of Canada. All of those things are concrete steps that have been taken by this government and will continue to be taken by this government. 
And there's one other thing that I wanted to, to, uh, to also uh, make clear to the opposition, because I know the member had raised it and the other member raised it, uh, in terms of Nanaimo. Uh, there was new initiatives announced that were in Nanaimo. Uh, $16 million in new funding to assist police in doing special uh, investigated and targeted enforcement into violent repeat offenders. That is money that is available for communities in Nanaimo, in Prince George, in Kelowna, and other communities around the province that's targeted. That comes into effect with the individuals in place to be able to do that uh, in the uh, first few weeks of May. So, Honourable Speaker, we have done a lot. There is a lot more to do, but it is our priority, this government's priority, to ensure that British Columbians are safe in their communities. Thank you, Member. Member for Kamloops, South Thompson. Well, thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. Well, at the end of the day, uh, here we, we listen again to words and, and rhetoric from the Solicitor General. Uh, he goes, uh, the Solicitor General goes with the Premier and the Attorney General to Nanaimo last week, and again, it's a reannouncement of a reannouncement. People want action. And I'll, I'll highlight one uh, particular uh, area that, that the Solicitor General needs to, to stop his line uh, of, of information on. He sits here and talks about all the work that he and his government are doing to bring more RCMP officers uh, into this province. Everyone uh, agrees that that, that that is a good idea. But Mr. Speaker, let's look at the record. Let's look at the results, which are terrible. There are 813 RCMP vacancies across Canada, the entire country as of today. 460 of those RCMP vacancies are right here in British Columbia, over half. Now, now, Mr. Speaker, the Solicitor General, the Premier, could have uh, taken action on this uh, five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, last year, earlier this year. The results are terrible. Now, this past Saturday, another young man was stabbed on the SkyTrain in Surrey, the third such attack on transit in Surrey within two weeks, and the second stabbing in less than a week. Last year, transit assaults spiked by 24%, with a staggering 31% increase compared to the 10-year average. From Sasuri to Nanaimo, Kamloops, Prince George, you name, uh, you name it, every community can see and feel this Premier's abysmal failure on public safety, and no number of scripted announcements or bluster from this government can hide it. So my question to the Premier is this. When are British Columbians going to feel safe again? When are they going to be safe again in their communities? When is this government going to step up and take action so that British Columbians are safe in their communities? Minister of Public Safety. Thank you, uh, Honourable uh, Speaker, and I uh, appreciate the question uh, from the member. Um, and I also appreciate the way in which they're trying to, to ask it. That is the role of the opposition. Uh, but what I want to make clear, Honourable Speaker, is the investments that we have made are not rhetoric. They are, in fact, actual action. $16 million in new funding announced in Nanaimo is not rhetoric. That is action so that police officers can do special, investigated, and targeted enforcement of repeat violent offenders, Honourable Speaker. And, Honourable Speaker, in year one, we brought in the first, we brought, you know, 
We're talking about tragedies that have happened in our transit system. I'm outlining for the opposition a number of initiatives and steps and concrete actions that have taken place. And instead, I'm hearing heckling, Honourable Speaker, and I think that's really unfortunate because the people of this province deserve to feel safe and they deserve to know the actions that we've been taking. And I can tell you, on the very beginning, we started on a program around guns and gangs violence that put in place a witness protection security program that has seen significant increase in the number of cases and convictions and individuals going behind bars, Honourable Speaker. We put in place the first firearms lab, Honourable Speaker, so forensic analysis is done here in British Columbia, not having to be set off to Ottawa. We've worked to address the issue of vacancies, and the member mentions a number of vacancies. We are, we are the largest detachment in the country, Honourable Speaker, E-Division. And I can tell you that in my ministry, one of the first things that we've been working on with the RCMP is to get a full, comprehensive understanding on a detachment, detachment basis of exactly what the vacancies are and where those vacancies are, whether they're soft vacancies or hard vacancies. And what I can also tell you, Honourable Speaker, I know, because I know that member was never Solicitor General, but his former colleague who was Solicitor General understood the vacancy problems and time after time after time went to get those vacancies filled and they were never filled, Honourable Speaker. But what I can tell you is that this Premier made it a commitment that when the evidence was presented that here's what we have to do, we made the largest investment in provincial policing in the history of this province and indeed this country. We have done a lot of work and there's a lot more to do and we will do it. Member for Prince George Valemount. Well, no amount of patting themselves on the back will bring comfort today to a family whose son was on a bus and didn't get home. This Premier needs to stand up and acknowledge that people in British Columbia today are tired of the empty words. What they want is a Premier that will acknowledge the fact that they are afraid to take a bus in British Columbia. Who can possibly imagine that? Dominique Curtis has started a, position, a petition following the tragic death of young Ethan. In just two days, over 5,000 British Columbians have signed that petition. The petition states, and I quote, this is just one of many violent or deadly incidents on TransLink buses. It's a growing trend and that needs to be stopped now." End quote. Announcements, re-announcements, empty words. What on earth was this Premier thinking when he and his roadshow rolled into Nanaimo, people who were desperate for this Premier to show meaningful action and understanding, and the reception should not have been a surprise to this Premier. So when is he going to? accept responsibility as a former Attorney General, the now Premier of British Columbia, that our streets are no longer safe for British Columbians. They are afraid, and it is his job to do something about that. Minister of Public Safety. Thank you, uh, Honourable uh, 
Honourable Speaker, and I appreciate the, uh, the question from the member. But I'll make it clear, as I have made it clear right from the very beginning, this government takes this situation very seriously. That is why we have a community safety action plan. That's why we've been working with local government. That's why we have been working with, uh, with, with police agencies right across the province. That's why we have been working with the federal government. Because we... And, and, honor, and honorable speaker, that's exactly all we ever get from the opposition, is rhetoric. rhetoric. Members, members, we will rhetoric. have an answer. We will not have debate shouting back at each other. We okay? get rhetoric. That's all we get, honorable speaker. The reality is this government is making significant investments that police have asked for, that communities have asked for, seeking changes at the federal level in terms of the criminal code, which the federal government has committed to putting in place. We are working um, ensuring that all the tools that are required by law enforcement agencies are there. And as the, uh, the Premier has said already, if additional resources are, are required in terms of our transit system, they will be there. Because we know and understand that British Columbians do deserve to feel safe in, whether it's on their transit system, in their communities, or in their homes, and we are going to do everything we can to ensure that happens. Bell ends question period.